This is Bobby Guy with the 10-Minute Health BizCast. This is album two, track seven. This is the second part of a two-part episode about COVID testing. What can we be doing better for COVID testing and COVID antibody testing? I would say at this point, trying to make it less confusing about who can be tested and where to be tested. I think that still is a stumbling block and that needs to be resolved. Uh, They wax and wane based on certain things of if you don't have any symptoms, then you're not to be tested, or when will it be a free test versus when will it be um, insurance, or when is it out of pocket? And, you know, these are real scenarios for a lot of people, right? I mean, to go in and say, I'd like to be COVID tested, well, okay, they, they range in, in cost unless they're covered. And, and I think that, to me, is, um, is a major hurdle that we need to overcome. And we, and really, from the very beginning, that was the major hurdle, is what test are we going to use, who's going to implement, and, and where are we with getting it out there? So that's what I think. I, I would agree with you, John. We've definitely noticed this bottleneck for several months now. And as John mentioned earlier, part of that is because we have two major reference labs in this country and everything was trying to get funneled through those two labs. And I think there are some interesting uh, alternatives on the horizon. I think there are uh, companies uh, popping up that are trying to aggregate testing and simplify testing in some ways. I think that's still in process. I don't know when that the, those methods or models will be ready, but I definitely think it's necessary. And if you look at what universities are doing, Bobby, and you mentioned this um, when you said University of Illinois earlier in the conversation, I have never in my history in the diagnostic world have seen universities take this kind of approach. Universities will develop test, or as we call them, assays, but they do it on a very crude scale uh, for their own internal research. And now we see universities building these tests, everything from the basic ELISA platform, which we're using, to rapid testing. And they, they, while they don't have scale internally, they don't have the machinery to scale up these tests to millions of tests a, a week or a month, uh, their tests are good. And they're doing it out of necessity. And they're building these plans that not only involve the testing, but it involves data reporting, modeling, smartphone apps. And this is very innovative. And they've done it, why? Because they had to, they were forced to. To me, uh, once we see the other side of this pandemic, there's definitely gonna be a change in testing in general. There are gonna be a lot of differences. I, I can't really say what those will be at this point, but the system is going to change. I just heard a major economic opportunity in that as well, (laughs) that we have a bottleneck because there are two central reference laboratories in the U.S., right? And so um, that creates the opportunity for 
um, more reference laboratories, more ways to sort of get things tested quickly, which I think is is what's actually been growing up organically at the university level and at, at some companies over the last few months. Is that fair? I, I think that's very fair. Uh, and I, I know, for example, that the director of Walmart's health division recently left to be the CEO of a company called BioIQ. And they are just that. They want to revolutionize testing. Uh, it seemed that, you know, obviously a large company like Walmart, you know, they saw firsthand when trying to test, you know, store employees, distribution centers, truckers, you know, all their, their entire vast network. They saw these bottlenecks. They saw everything that was wrong about the system. And, you know, they knew there needed to be a change. So a company like BioIQ, I don't know a lot about them at the moment, but I know they are interested in redefining the testing models in this country. Let me see if I can summarize some of this as I hear it then. When we deal with COVID, if we want to get back to normal life, what we need until we get to a vaccine is to have some type of rapid testing capability and some treatment level. And the first, the rapid testing capability, deals with diagnostic testing. And, and so the issues that we're having with that are that there are a number of different tests. The tests that are rapid are not as accurate. The tests that, are, that take longer are more accurate but less helpful because you might contract it somewhere else uh, in the interim before you get your, before you get your results back. And there's a backlog on the timing to get results because we don't have enough sort of reference laboratories to be able to handle the capacity. And there, there are so many different tests and, and different expense levels and, and changing rules around who can get the tests. Then when we move to the antibody side of testing for antigens, that testing helps us because what it does is it gives us the ability to see who has had COVID so that if they have the right antibodies, they can go back out without the fear of infecting other people with COVID. And then in addition, if their blood has the, the right antibodies and strong numbers of it, they have the ability to go back. We have the ability to use their blood to create the serum to essentially help treat other people who have COVID. And so, and it's hard, it's difficult on the antibody side because there are a number of different antibodies we test for. Some make a difference, some don't when it comes to dealing with COVID. And then some last uh, in your bloodstream and some don't. So we don't know yet whether COVID can reoccur. Is that fair as a way to summarize all of the confusion around, or, or at least part of the confusion around COVID? It is. I think that's a, a great summation. And, and that's kind of why. I mean, with all of that and compounding the fact that, and don't get me wrong, you have a free market, and that free market is a lot of folks are vying for space, which is the way we work there sometimes becomes a point where that can actually stymie the need to get things done in, in a fairly rapid way. And that's just my opinion. Well, to that point, competition is an amazing motivator, 
but there are also times in the economy when collaboration is essential to getting it done, right? Exactly. That is actually, I couldn't have said that any better. Competing to be, the competing components of the army don't help us. The army has to fight as one. Right. Absolutely, Bobby. And and I, I would like to point out that it is unfair to place the bottleneck entirely on the reference laboratories because the bottleneck is, a, it's really a process. The process itself was not set up and prepared for this pandemic. And it goes back to something interesting uh, that happened in 2015. Uh, Gates gave a talk, it was actually a TED talk, and he talked about the idea of a global catastrophe. And he didn't say it was nuclear war or anything like that. He said it would be an epidemic. And he described it as an infectious virus. And it's quite chilling to think about that because everything he said has pretty much come to fruition in 2020. But what was interesting is he talked about how we needed to be prepared. And I think that's the most important word to think about for the future is preparedness. And if you compare that to our war efforts, um, we, we are prepared for nuclear disasters. We spend trillions of dollars on war efforts. But in terms of medical reserves, we do not have a plan. And we definitely have to ramp up in the future our R&D and our diagnostics efforts and prepare for the next time because it's not an if, it's a matter of when. It's interesting to me that last year in, in 2019, we were ranked uh, as number one in the world for ability to respond to a pandemic. And I think that came from um, the Nuclear Intelligence Agency. It was a, it was a major um, study that I referenced on one of the earlier podcasts, and yet we've performed so poorly at it. So, well, let me, let me end with this question um, for both of y'all. So, obviously, there's a lot of brain damage around testing in the U.S. You can hear me experiencing it through this podcast, right? So, if you could change one thing about the way that we've gone about creating or failing to create a testing regime in the U.S. for COVID, what would it be? I'd love to hear from each of you. So I would say that, and to sort of echo what Carissa had said, is that we sort of knew at some point this was going to come. And, and I think that um, when it did, we should have been very aggressive from the get-go. And, and really, in your point, unfortunately, reactive and not proactive. And, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. If you're reactive behind the game and and we really fell behind and we, i don't think we took it as as serious as as it was and as a scientist sitting there you sort of say you know these are not i told you so moments you never want one of these you never want to have to say i told you so and and so i think that we should have been far more aggressive in getting out and getting the testing done so that you could start to trace folks. Because we have 300 million, 330 million people, you know, and, and we could have been a little bit better on top of this, I think. Yeah, I, I echo that, John. And, you know, in addition, I'd just like to say that I think one of the biggest, I hate to call it a failure, but we definitely needed a consistent, unified message from the top. Uh, there are times where I think that state government should have the ability to make their own decisions. And there are times where the federal government should make decisions. 
And I feel like a faster response and a unified response would have helped us get past this pandemic in a much more cost-effective, safe way, save more lives, and get people back to work faster. Many thanks to both of you for joining us. Thanks, Bobby. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks very much for joining us.